Briggs. It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> this is Joe Bob Briggs. This is Jeffrey Combs. Hey, this is Scotty from Anthrax. Hi, you're listening to Adrienne Barbeau. Hi, this is Doc Bradley. You're listening to Quality Time. You're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Broadcast. And you're listening to Quality Time. Quality Time Podcast. I'm saying this under duress. You better keep listening or I will tear your soul apart. Say, uh, is your is your real name Miggs? No, it's just a shortened version of Miguel. Ah, oh, okay. Because I'm a real big fan of uh, multiple Miggs from uh, <laughs> from Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, the one who jerks. He's the one that jerks off on Jodie Foster, right? Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. I thought everybody in the chat knew that I'm the one that gave Miggs that nickname because he one time was at a show. And was like, smell your cunt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Migs actually has jerked off on me more than one occasion. That's how you know you're in his circle. <laughs> you're not supposed to tell him that, Eric. Well, you know me Just and that I-70 it. rest stop. We'll never forget it. <laughs> uh, on that note, I'm going to I'm gonna pop an edible. <laughs> hey! I don't know. Let's get this show kicked off. Welcome to Quality Time, home of both quality and time. My name is Eric Woodworth, your host, and I'm also joined by my blood, my brother, my my the my man who is I guess survived coronavirus. We're not sure. This is the first time I've talked to him in two and a half weeks. Give it up for Jeremy Woodworth. Jeremy, how are you, sir? Uh, hey, everybody, all you you fine kids on this this whatever this um show show thing is. Uh, I'm sorry. Who's joining us on the pr- program? Who do we have? Hey, have? George Kennedy, everybody. George Kennedy. Wow. All right. This is, this is like a weird episode of the Naked Gun or something, and I feel like <laughs> feel like maybe there should be Paul Newman, and I could maybe make eggs for everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, from the from the great film The Naked Gun, as well as uh, uh, Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, I like I like George Kennedy. Real great straight guy. Although in real life, I love eating 50 eggs in a sitting. <laughs> George Kennedy does look like he's made out of 50 eggs. Um, but uh, we do have, uh, uh, we'll get back to you and your, your survival of coronavirus in a minute. We're also joined by our other host, our co-host, Miss Ashley Pontius. How are you, love? I'm good, Daddy. Great. And we do have a special guest in Mr. Miggs Rodriguez, movie with the Miggs, returning from, uh, I think your last episode was Poltergeist, and you're back now. Yeah, man. Hey, that was, yeah, that was, that was live when we could actually be around each other and, and kiss each other for real. Yeah. And now we got, instead of everybody. <laughs> Zoom, man. What's up with that? I'm, I'm not feeling the love with the Zoom, man. I want to, I want to touch you guys. I am true. It is true. I do miss that. Though, so the next time <laughs> we're doing live shows down in the basement here, it won't be covered with tinfoil. It'll have real walls as carpentry <laughs> has become my new trade and obsession as I'm building out yeah. my basement down here. So, oh, uh, shit, dude. I thought you were 
grown weed. Yeah. Also, yeah, that's a bu- that's in between the floors, man. Full hydroponics. It's gonna be oh, yeah. sick. Uh, Going full Matthew McConaughey and the gentleman. Yeah, yeah, baby. Uh, so, uh, Jeremy, I, I want to go back to you real quick. Uh, you've been on uh, what I thought was death's door for the last two weeks. Run us down the dreaded coronavirus and how it has affected you. You silhouette of a man, you. I started off uh, two weeks ago just sleeping the weekend away, and I wasn't really really sure if I was having any sort of real real virus. But of course, the w- wife gave me this, and of course, she had the same damn fucking uh, symptoms. And uh, come come around Tuesday, Wednesday, she goes to work, and I knew she wasn't feeling up to pop. But she's much more resilient than the freaking sickly man that I am. Yeah, I've uh, I've seen. So of course, work makes her go in and get tested she tests positive so she has to take the week off needless to say needless to say come tuesday finally find out that I, we we have corona and i'm taking i'm taking it day in day out just pretty much sleeping as much as i can but i made the mistake of doing sun tanning that i usually do on a nice day when i'm off and I know that I can handle two hours on standing on my head any day of the week, any any month of the year. Yeah, because it helps with your it helps for with last, your uh, the other week. That helps with your because skin condition. Not you know? only Tuesday, I guess, was okay. I had overdone it, but I hadn't I hadn't destroyed myself. Come Wednesday afternoon, I did the same exact thing, and I can and I came out absolutely candy apple red oh man just like literally sitting bull red and (laughs) i realized like towards wednesday afternoon that even my hands had started to uh whatever you call it kind of like um my palms had actually started getting red spots in them yeah the best way to describe what your hands looked like Jeremy, the best way that you're to describe what your hands looked like were uh, um, as if you had been playing with wood glue. Uh, is the best way to describe it? Just one big giant uh, piece of flap of skin. And uh, you actually sent me a video of you with this giant piece of skin that had come off of your hand and just flapping it around. And I sent that to uh, Ashley and asked her, "What's the sound of one hand clapping?" And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought, I mean, that was pretty funny. Uh, oh, um, but Jeremy, are you like a snake think, now? Are you like, are you, have you like shed completely? You don't even have psoriasis. It looks like it's all been melted off of your body at this point. Most, most of my body is a normal, a normal shedding, but my, my feet still have ginormous amounts of, of flaps that are still hanging on. Oh, God. And my wife literally. My wife literally had to scissor off the <laughs> ginormous flaps. Oh my gosh! And we are talking no. liter- literal five inch by 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 one inch size 
uh, pieces of skin. <laughs> Jeremy, I want and... you to know that even though Eric's being a child about this, I knew this was going to happen because the weather warned us that every 17 years you were going to molt and come out of the ground <laughs> like a sapita. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I was definitely pushing at least a hundred fever for days just because of that. Uh, between the corona and that, they, they kind of uh, got up together and kind of bitch slap raped me like in prison. Hell yeah, so, brother! For a couple of days. Oh, um, and uh, one thing I found out today: the worst thing, the, the only thing that really scared me about the corona is literally almost every four hours on the dot was I had to hit the NyQuil or else I was coughing up almost to the point of, of, of almost uh, gagging and, and choking. I mean, that, that was, that was kind of scary. A lot of so, stuff in your, like your lungs. Yeah. I, I really like felt like I, I, it was just, just fighting to breathe. I was, it's really, I, re- I had to hit the NyQuil or else I wouldn't be able to go on. So. Well, Jeremy, did you listen to the Rob, <laughs> Rob and Joe show talk about you and your coronavirus? Yes. The, yes. So you realize that you surviving through this, uh, that we, we've we determined that maybe maybe the media did hype it up a little bit because you shouldn't have lived through this, in all honesty. I was preparing <laughs> a funeral that was going to be played by none other than uh, local band uh, Chris Restivo and the Proclaimers, uh, it was a full, it was, was going to be a full tribute and everything. And, uh, I mean, gr- granted, I'm very, very excited about that. You are indeed alive and breathing. It's, it's a very important to me, but, uh, today, uh, our, our sweet mother. No, I, I, I truly am. I, I truly am just a blasphemy of nature and, 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 uh, a blasphemy against all that is of sacred and holy and <laughs> probably because of the the 666 on my forehead so probably has something to do with it's it powered you know. by satan know. and also i feel like i and also my favorite band is jackal <laughs> see when i saw when i saw how red you were earlier jeremy i just thought you were trying to cosplay as um uh are one of the stars of tonight's movie holt mcnally uh because he's playing sam white moon in this movie uh a, a native american fellow who we'll talk about in our first story for creep show too we know tonight. how do we know it isn't dwayne johnson <laughs> i know it looks so much like him <laughs> i oh, i do i do enjoy this uh I, I guess I guess red face. This is considered in the film Native, Native American face. Native American I mean, that face. Dude, that, dude, that dude's name's like Seamus McGillicuddy. He's like, yeah, Native. Hey, we need. We're looking for a Native guy. Hmm, you fit the bill. Hey, throw one of those wigs on him real quick. Yeah, put that wig on. Could they, they have gotten the, be... got the guy from the Shield to play an Indian? Yeah, yes, Vic Mackey. Yeah. Hi, I'm Chief Running Beard. <laughs> Just bald white guy. Oh, that would rule. Uh, Jeremy, oh, you know today our uh, our mom she called uh, she called me and she said, you know, uh, I'll read you the text. This is what mom sent me. Okay, now granted. I've been informed about your condition all, you know, the last two weeks, thanks to your sweet wife, Michelle. And uh, uh, this is what I got from mom today, okay? This is mom. Here we go. She writes, here we go. 
Next time you think your brother might die because he's got COVID, you can tell mommy so I can at least pray. (laughs) (laughs) I'm stronger than you think. (laughs) Which is, hey, so our mother sent that to me. And I said, I thought, I just legit thought that you knew this. So I uh, I apologize. This wasn't a secret. So, you know. uh... (laughs) So really what we're learning is since mom didn't pray, we got to (laughs) think. other dude you know what i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah. hey mom mom dropped one prayer today and jeremy's on quality time so let, let, let's just do the math here okay uh... <laughs> you can you can tell mommy don't you love when you get those texts like that from them oh i love it there's i love i love when she refers to herself as mommy to her 37 year old son right you know, it makes my, me feel my, good <laughs> my mom does that she, she sent me a text and said uh she told me to she goes Call your daddy and ask if you want to go to the game. And I was like, first of all, don't ever refer to him like that. <laughs> and then you sent a text to me, <laughs> okay? I was like, I don't think I, I don't think I ever call my dad daddy. <laughs> yeah, I... my, my father cries every time he hears me call Eric daddy. He just a little <laughs> ripped away every time I do it. It happens. Well, that, that, that's okay. And, you know, it's kind of sexy. <laughs> um, let's see. So Jeremy, you're on the mend. You're on. You're getting all fixed up. Uh, I've had. I've had a hell of a time. I'm going to Comedy Mania tonight, so I guess next episode we can recap that. But uh, I feel like there was there was major events that we needed to talk about. I think I think I actually had the the listeners of Rob and Joe praying for me. Apparently, yeah. I'm sure Robbie even lit a candle for you at this point. So we we were wondering. Robin, I think Robbie was really, you know, really hoping for my death. So. <laughs> do you do you think that now recovering from this is there going to be a COVID song? Uh, probably not. But at the same time, I got a lot of things I'm working on. So because there there is the theory that this is this might you know near death experience like this will rejuvenate a, an artist and 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 propel them to a, a higher level, a la like a DMX or a. Uh, well, um... on on my inward mind, I'm just making religious songs from now on, <laughs> versus just songs about sharks and vaginas. So. <laughs> yeah, I've been working on this one song. It's called Jesus Shart. It's the second uh, sharted. <laughs> it's the second uh, shortest verse in the Bible. Uh... <laughs> I think maybe I think maybe in my mind that God's like, I'll give him one more chance. And he's like, okay, there's another shart song. There's another vagina song. There's, okay, there's a racist song. Good job. Oh, Good, God, okay. no. He just, so he's just start rolling, rolling the pandemics at me one at a time. Just like a little like a little bowling ball alley. Like, here, take that, bitch. Sweet uh, Ashley, you said that you had a very special honest Ash for this episode. Sure. <laughs> Are you ready to kick that off? It's been a while since we've done this segment. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and it's about that time again for another segment of Honest Ash. And here's Ashley Pontius. Um, hello, listeners. It's Honest Ash here. I just wanted you all to know that when I was five years old, I was grounded for a month and a half. Because, unfortunately, my mother discovered <laughs> what to this day we call... <laughs> The booger wall. 
That's that's another episode of Honest Ash. Join us next week as Ashley reveals more embarrassing things about her life and how her booger wallet currently is doing and how it's grown into a new co-host to replace Jeremy after he dies of Rona. <laughs> so, uh, Eric, Eric, yeah, Eric in the Woodworth household. Uh, where was the booger table? I don't remember the booger table. Where was the booger table? <laughs> Was there didn't, a booger didn't Amy table? have a booger table? I don't remember if so. It didn't. It didn't stick out to me. All I know is that you guys never found mine. <laughs> can I? Can I? Can I share which was the uh, masturbation blanket? No, I don't want to know what blanket that was. No, 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 no. <laughs> I thought let's, I thought that was just the crisp linen fabric of it. <laughs> let's just say, let's just say that that blanket once had frozen in it. I oh, man. I don't like you anymore. Turn um, it, it into a surfboard. <laughs> I'd say it didn't last more than a year. Gosh. That was, I guess that explains why that, uh, that one time you, uh, you stuck it like in it, you dropped it going down the steps and it shattered like the T1000. <laughs> Damn, a masturbation blanket. Oh, no. Hasta la vista. Remember that scene in Return of Jafar where the, where the carpet gets stiff and he just freaks <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Oh gosh! If I'm being, truth, if I'm being truthful and vulnerable right now, that's a good comparison, Max. If I'm being honest, the Booker Wall kind of looked like a cave you would have seen in the Goonies. Oh, no. oh, what, what was what was the part in the wall that lined up with the special key that you had to turn? So. Oh, no. <laughs> Oh, man. You know, um, before we get tonight's episode kicked off, uh, we'd like to hear a little bit about, uh, uh, I want to hear, you know, what's going on with Migs, of course, uh, before we get into episode proper. But can I just share this little idea that I've had for the last couple weeks? I've really been saving it to share with with you guys and our listenership because I haven't had a chance to share it yet. And uh, there's so... Yeah, as uh, I watched the movie uh, Schindler's List again recently. You guys are familiar with with Schindler's List? The no, uh, I've never seen it. You really haven't? Oh man, it's uh, is that like a sequel? Is that like a sequel to Jaws? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait to hear an idea that Eric has that I'm finding out live. <laughs> so uh, no, 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 I don't. I mean, it it's not like uh, it's not groundbreaking, but like if you ever seen the movie, there's this very very powerful part of the film where. Uh, you know, because it's about the Holocaust or whatever, and there's this mo- there's a part where they're all in the showers and everybody's freaking out because they think they're about to get gassed, and uh, well, it turns out it actually just is a, sh- a regular shower, and it's this very it's a very powerful like part of the movie where you know you think you're about to die, and then uh, oh no, I'm I I'm going we're all going to live right, and uh, it's it's an intense part, and I was thinking how. Uh, you know, I thought it would be funny if, like, I uh, I remixed it one time where it's just that scene, but it's also cut with scenes of, like, Ashton Kutcher from the show Punked. 
where he's like la- he's just like <laughs> like this and he's just going like he's like hold on with, hold on hold on hold on all right turn on the water turn on the water like this and it's the worst practical joke that's ever been like the worst tasteless joke and oh, then he no. bring, he brings in the guy's wife he's just like all right mrs bromowitz you put your husband up to it they're all actors it was just for you hey what do you think <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just, it's just the we worst. Kill your husband? Just kidding. We killed your kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Anyway, so yeah, not. Uh, that's 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 really the the flesh out idea of it so far. I like it. <laughs> See, it mixes into it. Make a video. Um, I'd like I'd like to see a punk where uh no, no. they get where they get Steven Spielberg into a room to sell him on Jaws two. But instead of Jaws 2, it's Jaws 2, Schindler's List, and secretly Hitler is trying to make Nazi sharks to kill Jews. Nazi sharks <laughs> to kill Jews. So the, the shark from Jaws was actually a Nazi creation <laughs> that goes out. Um, and- actually, that is a movie, but it just wasn't under Jaws. It's actually called Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Deep Blue Sea in so long, but so oh, we my have gosh. I, I watched I watched all three of those last year. Ooh. Is it better Ooh, wow. or Dennis, worse than the Dennis Mig? Quaid? <laughs> the, I, mean, I mean, like Deep Blue Sea one is cool for what it was. You know, it's, it's campy, but it's corny. And just those those next two are just like why? Just just why? By the way, I'm by the way, I'm very close with the director of the movie Dick Nado. Dick Nado. <laughs> Dick Nado. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd think it's about a, a tornado that's filled with dicks, but no, it's actually about uh, Richard Nixon and him forming uh, Nado. Quick before we move forward, someone called me a thunder cunt the other day. Wow. It was. <laughs> being mean to me and i was like well you can call me whore goddess of thunder cunts and then they didn't respond i definitely i thought it was i thought it would have been funnier if you pulled out a sword and it was like thunder 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 cunts thunder cunts thunder 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 cunts that's all I, I hate the C words, just to put that on record. Uh, just doesn't sit well with it. <laughs> How do you feel about the C word, uh, Ashley? Oh, I don't mind it. I use it fairly often. But I didn't like it because it was obviously, it was meant as an insult from a man. Mm, he I hate it. Me, yeah, he <laughs> called me a thunder C and I should go to cat town because I was in a come town chat group. And Aww. <laughs> Can you... Wait, what? Hey, Ashley. <laughs> no, um, I was in a come town chat group, and he was like, "Thunder cunt, you should go back to um, cat town." And I was like, <laughs> 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 "Hey, what's the uh, what's the Zoom ID on that group?" <laughs> oh man, it's they're they're wild. You can ask the boys. It is a godless land of just absolute depravity. There's yeah. there's no there's no right or wrong just, in that group. They do have like, certain limits they don't cross, but most of them are just uh yeah. It's like usually posting I'm sorry, an article. Eric, what limits would those be? Well, let's get into <laughs> tonight's film, movie film extraordinaire, which I decided to pull the old the old theme song because I'll let you know while I do enjoy this movie Creep Show 2 
It's only good if you don't compare it to the original Creepshow 1. Because if you're doing a head-by-head comparison, it doesn't stack up. I'll just tell you that much. But, uh... Uh, no, Creepshow 2, the sequel, comes out in 1987. Uh, director Michael Gordick uh, and uh, writers were still Stephen King and, uh, uh, and, some other, and some other folks. But, yeah, he was the uh, actually cinematographer of the original Creepshow. They made some different um, – they went some different ways – with this version of it than they did the original. The main one having an actual uh, creeper guy who actually talks in this one, uh, which was a which was a big deal. The uh, the director is also known for uh, uh, only a couple other things, Creepshow too. But before that, he had done four episodes of Tales from the Dark Side, and which uh, I love. and uh, the uh, the Winners TV series documentary. So. Uh, I'm not mistaken, Eric. Isn't the creep played by Tom Savini? That is that is correct. The creep is Tom Savini in the flesh. Uh, which wait a second, didn't he do the hidden? The hidden? I don't believe he directed the hidden. At least that is not on his official uh, transcript here. But he did produce one of the worst series that ever hit the screen, uh, the Langoliers. So uh, I didn't want to. I, I didn't want to talk about all of his. <laughs> accolades hmm, never heard of that one. Oh, have you never seen stephen king's the langoliers you have missed nothing um, it's considered a mini series kind of like the tommy knockers it was like a mini series run that they did for like one or two uh special events yeah the cgi the special effects are absolute dog shit the story itself is not that bad but it's one of the worst things you can spend your time watching and i still own it on dvd (laughs) yeah it looks like the cgi Uh, in the movie looks like um like do you remember um do you remember when like computer graphics first came out like literally like we generated with this with a computer and it's like just fucking shitty polygons they're like they make like n64 graphics look like uh you know ps5 now like that's the <laughs> level of special effects that are in the langoliers they're like oh god look at this weird bird monster that literally just looks like this weird gold blob that's i can't explain how <laughs> shitty this fucking they looks. literally look like giant poorly drawn on meatballs with teeth. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I gotta see this now. <laughs> and it's star- hey, and one, and you know who it stars? It's uh Balky from Perfect Strangers is one of is their big actor in it. So uh <laughs> oh my gosh. When, when did this come out? Uh the nineties. <laughs> it was like mid nineties, yeah, wow. I wanna say. Like you realize like like Jurassic Park had already been out and then they came out with this. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> Man, so okay, Man, I have to, I'm gonna have to look for that. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it, it's a re, it's a it is a uh, elitely bad piece of uh, actually art. Migs. If I'm not mistaken, this has been taken down. I think before I bought it, I think you can actually watch it for free somewhere on YouTube. All so, right, the Langoliers. Okay, the Langoliers. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. If Jeremy's calling it horrible, you know it's bad. Uh, <laughs> although that's not true because Jeremy didn't like the movie Face Off, so you know I can, we can't we can't always speak to his taste as being perfect. No, it's okay. That's not my. I I, I like other John Woo, Woo movies more than Face Off, and I get shit for that, but I don't care. 
<laughs> the I will tell you though my other problem with Creepshow too, uh, because I as a standalone film it's fun it's a fun anthology it just doesn't give you enough. First Creepshow you get five individual stories right, and then you get the 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 little kid story which makes six. In this one you get a you get three main stories which are all maybe like five or six minutes too long, and then you get one other overarching story of the kid that's like animated. Uh, the animated kids tale during it which is like uh, okay i mean it's it feels like we just got gypped out of a uh out of a little bit of entertainment i can see what you're saying but i have to tell you that i found these to still be good stories that i actually i maybe it's my age maybe that's part of it but i just feel like creep show 2 actually resonates with me better than the first one Really interesting, interesting, and I also don't like that they did they they got away from like the original. I loved the transitions in the original Creep Show, which they've now maintained in the show, where it feels like you're actually reading the comic book and turning the page, and then it just brings you into the first shot like that. They did away with that and instead gave you like Care Bears two quality animation uh, in between. <laughs> you, I, I swear, it feels like Care Bears <laughs> two, and I don't know how else to explain it. But is that somewhat related to like when the film came out? Though, like, would you say eighty six, eighty seven? Wouldn't that kind of be prime time for that type of animation? that style yeah i mean if you're trying to bring in the care bears audience that are children then it makes sense <laughs> that why you would do that i mean i get it but like it just wasn't it wasn't the thing that made creep show one i think fun and kind of that calling really calling really back more to a golden age of horror that uh where you know the thing that makes creep show fun is that it calls back to like the the classic monsters like um, like the Draculas and stuff like that, because it's it's just pulp throwaway garbage that we've made into this wonderful film. And I think taking that away, it it took away from me. So, anyway, but other than that, I do really like the film by itself, not comp- not compared to its uh, predecessor. And uh, it starts out with uh, now this new talking creeper, which I have a little bit of audio of him here. I guess you bloodsuckers enjoy being repulsed. <laughs> You're loyal to the gore. Well, that's good. We don't want to be dead wood in our fraternity of fright fans. That just happens to be the subject of our first nauseating novella, a nasty little bone cracker titled Old Chief Woodenhead. Oh, old Chief Woodenhead. Uh, Woodenhead. <laughs> yeah, this this story, uh, uh, very fun story. I do enjoy this. It starts off, we get to meet George Kennedy, who's playing Ray Spruce, uh, just an all-American guy living in a rundown town, about to be uh, completely run into the ground. All the mining jobs have uh, gone up, and he is one of the last stores left in town. And uh, he also, it is... Uh, 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 the wonderful actor Holt McNally, who we mentioned earlier, who plays Sam White Moon. Uh, you might remember Holt McNally if you've watched the show Mind Hunters on Netflix, which is actually great. He's he's fucking phenomenal in that. Uh, but he does play a Native American in brown face during this entire thing, and uh, uh, one that's obsessed with his great good looks because you know Native Americans are historically known for being incredibly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gorgeous, vain, gorgeous people, right? Uh, Nine years. I'm going to Hollywood, baby. I know. I love this. Laid. 
Because you're right, Migs. That's exactly the the plight of the Native American. Just like you know how we're gonna fix what's wrong with yeah. our reservation, we're yeah. gonna leave and go to Hollywood and not go to Hollywood, and we're gonna make these <laughs> movies about us. Not not like in the fifties, though. No, not those movies. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> They didn't even oh, go man. full spaghetti western and pick an Italian guy to play him. They just went, "Yep, we want the whitest of white guy to play this oh, role." <laughs> Can I also make one um just one point one thing out? Um, actually, Chief Old Woodenhead is actually what we call uh, Mr. Thomas Simbazo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> uh, I got a message from Tommy earlier today. He got the new uh, Oculus Rift 2 uh, VR headset, and he sent me one message last night that read like this. Um, he said, uh, 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 a uh, half, uh, he said, three grams of mushrooms and this Oculus Rift is better than any trip to Disney World you'll ever take in your life. That's <laughs> what he said. He told me he was going to do it, and I was like, "You have fun. Text me if you get lost inside your own mind." <laughs> so he said he was having the time of his life last night. So uh, Ray Spruce is sprucing up old Chief, putting on some new war paint on him, and he's a pretty cool looking uh, wooden Indian that sits at the front of the uh, old store. His wife, Martha, pleads with him just to quit and pack it up. Uh, but he talks to Ben White Moon, who is, uh, comes from the uh, reservation nearby. He owes him some money, but instead gives him some precious jewels and says they're his, and uh, you get to keep these if you don't pay him back. Now, as a man who has been out to the West before and been to a couple of Indian reservations in his life, the jewelry that he hands him, I'm pretty sure... Uh, is is worth about six or seven dollars from what I remember, which I found. <laughs> as everyone that I saw was like, "Oh yeah, that's like the, the little shop when you walk into the the reservation for uh, <laughs> Monument Valley." Okay, cool. Which we we call Eric Benjamin White Moon. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they were sacred, though. I think that was the whole thing. They were like they were sacred, right? Because so he was like, "Yeah, you can't you can't give them back to us." Because you're borrowing this. And it was like it was like he flipped it on him, like, no, okay, we're gonna give you this and yeah, don't worry about your money. <laughs> yeah. Just take these just take these beads and yeah, and and be cool and have a nice day. That scene is that seems so weird. Yeah, it is. It, it is weird for <laughs> Because, like, if I lent you something and, like, if you owed me a bunch of money and you're like, listen, I don't have it. Here's some tur- turquoise rocks that I brought <laughs> that that my daughter uh, bejeweled earlier today. We got a kit. Uh, anyway, here's that. I feel, like we've, I feel like we've done that, though, where I'm just like, Eric, I want money. And Eric's like, I can't give you money, but I can give you friendship. And yes. Like, yes. <laughs> hey, fine. Listen, you're living off the exposure, uh, which is oddly enough uh, the same thing that kills everyone in Oregon Trail. So don't worry, <laughs> you're gonna be fine. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, he says if he doesn't pay him back in two autumns, he gets to keep them, and uh, we get to hear this here. We can still have pride if you give the treasure back to us. You make us beggars again. Such insult could never be forgiven. Mm, there you go. That's uh, that awkward mm. moment, and you're like, okay, well, <laughs> right. <laughs> thank, you. and then he, and then you know, Ray Spruce is just like, I'm, thank you, Chief. It's it's about time that that uh, the Native Americans gave back to the white man, and I appreciate you for that. 
<laughs> I did the same thing with the kid that I didn't want. I gave it back to its dad. And I was like, look, you tried to give it back to me. You're insulting me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so uh, later that evening, uh, some ne'er-do-wells show up to the old store. How often do they do well? Ne'er. <laughs> you, you just can't come in here. Shut up, White Eyes. Just shut the fuck up. Or else oh, White Eyes. Be quiet. Hey, Sam, why don't we shove this in his mouth? <laughs> <laughs> no, shove this in his mouth. He big. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I also like that uh, this is uh, obviously that 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 intimidating voice is uh, is uh, White Moon there, um, and he is just. I love that he has a fat friend party animal that looks like he has his own Eric Woodworth that hangs out with him. Like, what about this? This looks like a dick. Because that's how that's how I would help out the gang. <laughs> Hey, that 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 dude was awesome. Did you see like all those snacks he was running through and sucking yeah. his fingers and all that? And then he guzzles down a, a two liter of diet Pepsi. Yeah, I was like, this guy's freaking awesome. <laughs> so uh, after Sam Moon brags and shows off all of his good looks, he uh, he takes the family jewels back from Ray. Uh, he then uh, proceeds to shoot the wife and him. Uh, but just as they leave, Chief Woodenhead is not happy and uh squints with anger at them uh he pops off uh the store and um and uh you know the uh as he comes kind of comes to life uh the guy shoots at the store and then he puts one bullet into chief woodenhead and he is fucking pissed all right chief woodenhead (laughs) he's putting on his real bloody war paint and he's ready to go hunt down basically his own people which this is uh (laughs) It seems very, <laughs> it seems very odd, but you know, hey, we're just accepting it uh, as uh, the chief uh, gets ready for battle. Now, his first stop is uh, he goes to the fat guy's trailer, and uh, he's watching, uh, oddly enough, the Cisco Kid, which is a, uh, a western from back in the day, and also one of my favorite Sublime songs from Robin the Hood. So uh, check that out, uh, the Cisco Kid. Um, uh, it's originally done by the band War. Ah, all right. And uh, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing, you know. Uh, <laughs> by the way, DJ Cumberbund has a great mashup of War, What Is It Good For? with YMCA. Uh, it's fun to stay at the War MCA. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Uh it's a fun mashup. Anyway, uh, oh my god, Eric, I felt like I was there. Yes, I knew. I could tell. I could tell that I'm I, it, with the power of my words. I brought the listeners into the world of DJ Cumberbund right there. Um, he then catches three arrows to the chest, uh, and or two to the chest and one to the dome, totally ruining the Iron Maiden poster in the background. So, uh. <laughs> Then he goes to head to the rich boy's house uh, as he's trying to sneak past his family since they just murdered some people. And uh, as he's trying to sneak past his parents uh, with the bags, he goes and sees that the car, uh, his firebird, has been trashed as uh, Chief Woodenhead then takes him out with a hatchet. Uh, It's a nice little silhouette shot of him just catching one to the dome there. So one and two. 
already off the board. I thought he cut that guy's head off. That, that, that shadow always makes me think he cuts his head off, even though I know he didn't after the first time seeing it. But the way that mm. shadow looks, I'm like, dude. Yeah. I mean, that was pretty that was pretty sick, though. You know, that, that guy, um, I, don't, I don't remember his name, but he's like, he's typecast. He's like a goon and all kind of stuff. He was in, um, he was a goon in like Die Hard 2. He's been a goon in some other action movies. Um, some I, dudes I, just have that that face though, and that, yeah, that look, right? Yeah, yeah, he just yeah. I, oh man, he he's been in like so much stuff, and he always he never has like a lot of lines, but you always see that freaking face. Yeah, <laughs> I like. Uh, I actually heard that they were uh, they were actually in talks about um, possibly doing a uh, another Chief uh, Woodenhead one, except you know because we live in 2021, of course Chief Woodenhead's name would be changed to the Washington Football Team, which is. <laughs> I thought it was a strong move. I thought it was a strong move. Yeah. <laughs> um, the chief. Just, no. Is that bad too? The chief. He's still just a full walking around chief, but he's called the Washington football team now, <laughs> which is <team>. very. <laughs> the team's after me. The team. The team. <laughs> Look, until until the until the Negro League changes the name of the Atlanta Crackers, I'm not into it at all. So. I hate when the yeah that was the thing that I was I was thinking about too yeah Man. Uh, <laughs> Atlanta crackers <laughs> that that team must be so horrible <laughs> the, they're 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 the best practicing team they always they they're always <laughs> they don't win but they you know what they always show up to practice every day you know, really you know what that makes me think of you ever <laughs> did you ever see um what the hell was that movie uh, was it was it Trainwreck. Um, Wait, where, uh, Amy Schumer. Yeah, was was that the one where her where um her dad was ranting about how baseball shouldn't be all white guys and how if it wasn't they <laughs> they would have, like he was like we've never even really heard of Babe Ruth if they let those Dominican guys play. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to. I always like when I look at sports records and I see some ridiculous record like pre nineteen fifty. I'm like, all right, relax, relax. (laughs) Wait a minute, you're just a white dude that smoked only two packs of cigarettes a day. (laughs) You're absolutely right. If we didn't have diversity, if you watched like the Ultimate Fighter type stuff today, it'd be like, oh man, look, Kyle hit Kyle in the face with a Mountain Dew. Well, that's the, that the one. The whitest thing that you can find is if there's ever a new sport, it's it's generally created by white people because they can't compete at other sports. That's why the X Games was created, and then eventually, you understand, it'll eventually be overtaken. Right? They always talk about cool runnings, but they don't talk about how the Jamaican bobsled team will win and dominate one day. <laughs> so. Nah, look, look, hey, no, nah, y'all can keep the cold, all right? We ain't, they ain't gonna be too much infiltration there, all right? Trust me, there's only like four black hockey pe- people, and they're fucking crazy. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> no, I'll tell you, the craziest white sport is that Winter Olympic sport where you have to cross country mm-hmm. ski and also shoot, and then you also have to like, there's like a gun portion of it. I'm like, this is the <laughs> whitest of sports where you, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the extreme sports thing that Eric talked about. He's absolutely right. Right. And it makes a lot of sense because like white dudes are only interested if they might almost die. It's like BMX, <laughs> surfboarding, shooting up schools. They need the adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> the new X game. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just a, it's just another regular sport that starts with skydiving. When you get to the ground, you have to drink a box of wine and then you have to <laughs> swim somewhere. I mean, it's it's a normal normal sport that anybody can do. So, oh Look, if, it, if they start having the Columbine challenge, this I'm going to blame you guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, they do. That is one of the events. It's called bowling for Columbine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So uh, next, uh, the rich kid gets it. And then his last stop is uh, Sam's house. And he quite literally can't believe <laughs> what is happening before his very eyes. As I try to cue up this clip at 3229. Let's see here. All right. Go. Oh, my no. gosh. You're not alive, man. You can't be alive. You can't be an actual Native American. Uh, <laughs> this is, uh, he ends up uh, chasing him and uh, corners him in the bathroom as uh, he goes to go and climb out the window, though. Woodenhead grabs him through the wall like the fucking Kool-Aid man and ends up scalping him, uh, which is uh, pretty fun. <laughs> A pretty fun scene, all in all. Um, isn't that isn't that pretty ironic, though, that he scalped him? I mean, just the fact that you actually put this horrible wig on this guy, yeah. <laughs> use it as a plot point in the movie this is... for for his motivation to go to Hollywood, yeah. <laughs> and then he gets scalped. Yes. Oh, my favorite my favorite thing about him is that earlier, I think before he shoots. Um, the grocery store owner's wife he's like talking to her as he's looking himself in the mirror and he talks about how it took him nine years to grow that hair <laughs> and i was like amateur <laughs> it takes me maybe nine days to grow out this bush like please come out of <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, it's actually I, it's- I, I like um i like how <laughs> i like how he like he's got that shotgun on the old lady like point blank in her gut yeah, and then when he shoots her, it's just like little pellet. I'm like, dude, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, that should have that shit should have looked like Looney Tunes, man. She should have had a hole in. It. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm like, what is that? <laughs> so, uh, after that, um, the original uh, fella from the beginning, who is uh, Ben Ben White Moon, he wakes up and finds the jewels have been returned to him while he's laying in his bed. And uh, he then goes to drive down to the old general store to see what has happened and transpired and why his jewels have been returned. Uh, because, you know, he's very obsessed with uh, being a beggar. So, uh, anyway, here's a little bit of Ben White Moon. Now, may your spirit rest, old warrior. Well, kiddies, that was quite a price for young Sam White Moon to pay. To pay. pay. (laughs) Here's your package, Lily. 
So uh, we get a little bit of uh, the next uh, little sub story that happens. It's animated as little Billy finally orders his uh, his mail in Venus flytrap, human sized one that comes in a little bulb. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty sweet. A little precursor of what's to come as we introduce. <laughs> Boys call me the penis flytrap. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so uh, then we brings us into our next story. Here we go. little ditty about some people who are left stranded without a paddle on a sea of blood. This bubbly bonbon is titled The Raft. Ooh, The Raft. Uh, right. very fun story. I like the raft. It's probably my favorite of all of the of the stories in this one. Uh, four co-eds. Yeah. It's a simple story about them just going to have a fun time on a raft on a lake. And uh, she's um, she's wearing. Uh, I I thought it was very funny that uh, one of the girls is wearing a, a Horlicks University uh, sweater, which I don't I don't know if that's a real school, but <laughs> Horlicks University. Horlick? <laughs> yeah. H O R L I C K S Horlicks. So uh, there's some more Cisco Kid references as they're uh, referring to each other like that because nothing says cool '80s hip kids than referring to a show that's 20 or 30 years old. Um, <laughs> but uh, they're, <laughs> they're out for a day of swimming as uh, they finally go uh, swim their way out to this little raft that's out in the middle of this lake. It's pretty chilly out, uh, and then they see this giant black uh, uh, oil spill thing get uh, pull a duck under the water as uh, the black mass starts making its way towards the raft. Randy is pretty worried about the black stuff and tells Laverne that, uh, hey, maybe you should swim a little bit faster. It's uh, it's getting awfully close to you over there. And uh, as uh, Laverne is is swimming for uh, for her life, we hear this right here. Uh, let's see. What is it? Forty-two, forty-one. I'm saying it out loud, and yeah. Have you ever seen a perfectly round oil slick before? I've never seen an oil slick at all. God, I'm cold. Besides, Poncho, I don't believe in oil slicks, man. I only believe in what I can smell and taste and touch. <laughs> Dumbest thing I've ever. <laughs> I believe in oil slicks, man. <laughs> So looks like it was going after the girls. Oh come on, Poncho! You said you sobered up, man. It looked like it was going after the girls. Ooh. No one knows we're here. No one at all. So now they're just stuck on the raft, all of them, with their music still blaring from their car, about uh, fifty yards away. Uh, a, a tough swim, to say the least. So, uh, <laughs> as it uh, next after they uh, they're they see the duck get pulled over, uh, he tells Laverne to swim fast. So Rachel goes to investigate and ends up touching it with her finger as it melts her fucking flesh off and drags her into the fucking watery abyss, which will meet her demise right here. When- I do like how it drags her off, though, and it, like, climbs up the second it touches you and just kind of wraps it like it's the freaking... It reminds me a lot, in, in some ways, 
Um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Return of uh, the Living Dead. Like, I know it's not the same, but just the idea of like the flesh kind of uh, melting off, kind of being stripped away. It reminds me a lot of Tar, tar Man in some ways. Ooh, good Tar Man tar reference. Man. Yeah, that's actually, uh, it, that would be cool if it all ended up being just Tar Man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> there's just a whole Tar Men that just come out, like, from that are all part of it. That would be pretty hey, rad. The, the one, the last, the, the, the second chick that got it looked like Tar Man when it pulled her ass in there. Yeah. yeah her sure. skull popped out of there. It was like, oh. <laughs> We've, I, I think they should hire uh, Tarman as the face of like um, all the peop- all the robocalls that ask if your uh, cars, if you're interested in extending your car's warranty. He's like, I'm interested now. It's Tarman here. Yes, I want to extend it now. So, one thing it doesn't remind me is of the Blob. Yeah, it's nothing like the bluff. <laughs> so, right after that, it heads under the raft, and uh, as it heads under the raft, it uh, ends up grabbing the one kid through the slats like this, and uh, pulls him through into the water, uh, just right through the floorboards. As the the two remaining uh, uh, fella and gal are just standing like perfectly in between, so I can't get them in between the slats. I just remember that being like really creepy and like going out on docks and be like, you have a fucking crazy ass black oil spill that's gonna kill us. We better you gotta stand barefoot in between the slats because it can get you right there. Yeah. yeah, you know, you just made me you made me think of something when you said the blob I and mean, with that scene in particular. This. It, those movies came out in the same year. Oh wait, wait. The Blob was '88, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. But the Blob was also a remake from like the '50s too. So. Yeah. But the yeah. the scene I'm talking about in in that scene with the raft when he's pulling the dude through the through the wood, one of his legs breaks forward and mm-hmm. pops up, right? And then it, that pulls him in. Remember in the Blob too with the dude in the in the drain? When yeah. Freaking foot. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. That does kind of oh, yeah. similar. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of similar there. Yeah, what do you think? Do you think the blob could take on this thing? Because we never know what the blob's aquatic. Uh, uh, we we know it can fit through pipes and stuff like that, but we don't know how it really deals with. Uh, well, I guess it does. It could float under the water because remember, in the blob, it gets into the sewer and it starts like reaching yeah. up from underneath. So it's I not guess it would buoyant. depend on how how cold the water is with the blob because you know it doesn't like the cold. So that maybe is that- true. The way, the way they were acting, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I would say the blob is a little bit more versatile than the sludge. That, but who knows? It would be they really funny this, if they, they were... They named this show, they named this thing the, the Raft, but I personally would have called it the Lazy Blob. <laughs> the Lazy Blob. <laughs> I, I just think it's funny that, like, there's, you know, if there's, like, a Tinder for monsters, like, they wouldn't swipe right on each other. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah. I was to say, if there's a Tinder for monsters, it's called Tinder. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so, uh, that's great <laughs> so Laverne and uh, Laverne and Deke are the only ones that are left now and uh, they spend the night holding each other for warmth uh, Deke pulls a, uh, the, a a turbo creeper move uh, and starts uh, total like, brosive <laughs> moment dude he totally goes for a rapey moment while it's they're like, horrible. <laughs> like just horrible, dude. Like, uh, I don't know why you guys are freaking out. I call that Tuesday nights at our comedy show. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> yeah. Let me just say that. Yeah, how come he didn't? How come he didn't do uh, the the classic move, which is like, "Hey, you want to write together?" Before he did that, because otherwise, what's the? <laughs> I'm just gonna regret it. No, no, no. You go. I want to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. All right, look, can, can we can we talk about the start of that scene before the whole rapey stuff? All right, yeah. There's no way in hell the way they were propped on each other and sleeping on each other that they stayed away from the cracks in the wood. Yeah, There's yeah. No freaking way. That's all I got to yeah. say. That's all I got to say. <laughs> but also, it wasn't underneath them the whole time. Maybe it was fed at the moment. I don't know. I guess we're just gonna have to they're, accept that. They're very that. skinny. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it stayed there the whole time. Did it? Did it leave? I have to watch it again. Did it leave from underneath them and come back? Yeah, yeah. Because when they wake it up did? in the okay, morning, okay. it was uh, it was like over on the side or whatever. Okay, yeah, you know? okay, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. You're but right. it is. But a, yeah. It is. You you'd have to take turns watching though, right? You can't just right. Like, I mean, they were both you know kind of kind of sleeping on each other, kind of knocked out. Otherwise, you <laughs> yeah. have to just he, fall asleep in t- downward dog position, and that's no fun. <laughs> uh. He was totally paying attention until he was like feeling her up. Also, in a life or death situation, it's just like I've never thought. She's like, "Man, where's he goes dead?" All right, well, it's Did finally it's finally time to get to <laughs> it. Read that like in life or death situations. Like, I'm not suddenly horny. But man, if 2020's taught me anything, you know, the shit's going down and you want one last, <laughs> so, one last conjugal visit. But as he's uh as he's kissing her while she's asleep and grabbing Titty, uh uh the <laughs> creeper uh, pulling a real creeper move, we get to see her turn her face over and uh unfortunately, she's not doing as hot as she was before because uh as he's pulling this creep move. Oh no, the rest. The fucking thing has got her through the slats again. The old classic slat move. And uh, <laughs> Randy doesn't uh, waste his time. He goes and takes a, a fucking dive off the board and starts swimming for shore. Uh, I, I I love this. It's an intense scene. It feels like a, almost like Jaws, you know, where he's just trying to outrun a monster that's definitely faster than him, but it's still like so slow that it's like painful to watch. It's like watching that, uh, like somebody get almost run over by a steamroller. You're like, move out of the way, hurry! It reminds, it reminds me of Deadpool when he kills the guy with the zamboni. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Exactly. And Can I say that this is the best two hundred dollars? in trash bags made into a movie monster ever and <laughs> yeah and 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 uh, and can i say more than that is just wow i mean cgi could have maybe actually made this look like something so. <laughs> i liked it it looked like it, it looked like a fun oil spill <laughs> so as he's swimming for shore he finally gets gets to dry land and uh we get to hear him just in the nick of time get to the shoreline and crawl a couple feet away as he's looking at it from the uh, thing. Oh, did I miss it? Here. 
Probably could have got a little closer with the timestamp. <laughs> but eventually there's an end to this. Yeah, here it is. So he gets out. I beat you. I beat you. Oh, and then it makes a full wave and just grabs him and drags him back into the water. <laughs> As you just get to hear some cool rock and roll music, fucking blaring <laughs> out at the raft. Well, I, 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 I think that thing would have got him anyway, even if he like kind of ran away some, because it, it had like kind of tentacle kind of things. I mean, the first the first lady, it kind of. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though she touched it, it still kind of like ow, shot out and, and grabbed her. So I don't, I don't I don't know, man. I think that would have been kind of cool too. Like if he would have, like made it to the car and it like got the pull the car into. Yeah, I would have liked it if it just immediately just got up and like, I, I will follow you now. And just turned into Tar Man and say, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that, I think that ending, to be perfectly honest, is the thing that I think makes that such a good story and so creepy when people don't get away, when there isn't a final hero, or there's someone who finally had victory. The idea that uh, a story or a movie wraps up with no resolution mm-hmm. and that the evil still one that is what i find like the most creepy and like that story in particular i find really good hey i'm 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 good with that because well you know the the the, the ladies ladies not so much but the two dudes they were fucking dicks yeah <laughs> and that last guy you definitely deserve that what an asshole well i love that like the the first guy to die i love that earlier on he calls our final dude i love that he calls him gay at one point <laughs> for, for like i don't remember why he called him gay but just like making fun of him he calls him gay and i'm like sir you're the one wearing the banana hammock i don't understand how this works <laughs> he's that was probably his last thought she's like i'll teach him i'll show him who's gay i'm a rapist <laughs> <laughs> oh no oh yeah so uh uh yeah dude Remember at our last party when we date raped? It was great. Now we got our girls out at the lake here. What could happen? <laughs> oh man, what a what a horrible sh- story to be a woman in. Um... No, this 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 uh this bit needed the uh needed the crazy old uh, gr- guy that cleans up after the teenagers and and just like goes and hawks the car somewhere. So ah yeah, so he keeps feeding the thing. Yeah, I would have liked that. That would have been a nice touch, Cher. I like that. So uh, our final, uh, in between this story, we get to see a little bit more of young Billy as he runs into some local bullies. They're messing with his Venus flytrap and calling him a pussy, Um, which is, you know, just uncalled for because, you know, listen, if a guy wants to enjoy plants, let him enjoy the plants. You know, you don't need to to slap it out of his hands. Uh, otherwise, that's how you just become some weird Batman character at that point. You know, you're going to terrorize Gotham if you don't give him what he wants. So uh, it finally brings us, though, to our last story, uh, uh, which is still a fun one. I like this one. Concoction, our last morbid masterpiece which I call the Hitch 
hitchhiker. And uh, the hitchhiker is a is a fun one. Jeremy referring to the hitchhiker, the t- television series. Or are we? Uh, yeah, I remember the. Yes. Very good. The be- the best series before uh, Tales from the Crypt. That is that is true. It was a strong uh, it was a strong franchise there. Uh, now uh, the, hitch- the hitchhiker had a guy with a really cool. With a really cool, uh, uh, what do you call it, distressed leather jacket, where he just walked around and started up the stories, kind of like a, kind of like a crypt keeper. But it was great. It was like, oh, look, I'm standing next to a story where something's about to happen, but you'll see me at the end, and I just kind of show up everywhere things happen. It's kind of funny. Also, I'm the hitchhiker. Also, I'm also selling magazine subscriptions to help my uh, church community go to uh, Disney World this year to spread the word of God. So if you could buy a couple of these highlights, <laughs> that would be nice. Uh, <laughs> this is... which, another, which another thing, I, I think he kind of he destroyed the movie The Hitchhiker, which they wanted to probably name The Hitchhiker, but they couldn't, so they called it The, the Hitcher the instead. Hitcher. With uh, Rutger Hauer. Which uh, f- a uh, great quality time episode if you go into our archives. Very fun one. With Mr. Daniel Crab. Yes, Daniel Crab, a fan of the show, great listener, and might I say, goddamn sexy motherfucker. Um, what, what, was, what was the lead on that movie uh, um, from... Uh, C. Thomas Howell. C. Thomas Howell and, of course, uh, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, who gets ripped mm. apart by trucks. Hell yeah, hell yeah. So uh, this movie starts out with uh, Sweet Annie and her lover after they've just finished uh, having some good old sex. Uh, It is, uh, (laughs) they seem to have been together for too long. It is some top shelf stuff that they're doing. Uh, He's thinking they're, he's. Can I rate rate these titties about a a number two? uh, They're not great. They're not great titties, but they are solid. (laughs) She's she's paying him because he's a man whore. He's a regular Deuce Bigelow. So, uh, and uh, he's thinking about starting to charge her per orgasm, uh, which is uh, pretty. Uh, so it's free. Yeah. <laughs> so she she uh she leaves after paying him and says next week and uh she's worried because she's going to be late and George is going to notice the hour that she's coming home. So uh she does a lot of this internal thinking as she uh as she as women do. <laughs> and <laughs> Wow. And you tonight, Erica. <laughs> They're bit, they're bits, they're bits, they're bits. Just like <laughs> she's gonna fucking murder me, and uh, we hear we uh, as she's driving, and uh, uh, the 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 streets of Maine, uh, which is this is clearly a, 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 a Stephen King written story. If it's taking wait, place, wait a in, second. Yeah, we didn't we didn't mention the fact that Stephen King's book it is on the. On the night shelf, where the the pimp, the the whore is actually I, sitting there. I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned that because I had it as a note and I didn't remember. I couldn't decipher my own note on it, but yeah, it is on the shelf right behind. Them. I think there was another Stephen King book, but I couldn't read it because of not good 
HD. Because I'll get more excited because Stephen King's about to make his reappearance into the uh, into the franchise here in just a moment. Uh, not as sweet <laughs> Jordy Verrill, though. Uh, this time he's just a regular old truck driver, but we're going to meet truck. him very mm-hmm. soon. As she's driving down the road thinking about how she's going to explain this to sweet George, she... Oh, God, runs over a poor hitchhiker on the side of the road and uh, has the internal struggle that one uh, probably has by choosing, um, like, she puts the same thought into her actions as, like, I do of whether I'm going to get guacamole or not on my burrito (laughs) because it's an extra 75 cents. And uh, she immediately opts to get the fuck out of there and uh, (laughs) just fucking hightails it immediately. And uh, as she's driving, um, uh, a, a fella pulls over and sees the man who was hit, and it's none other than the great Stephen King. And uh, I have a little audio clip of Stephen here. Uh, let's see if I can... How cl- There we go. Here we are. Buddy! What the fuck happened? <laughs> Looks like a hit and run. Yeah? Car blew by me a little while ago. Couldn't see the lights. Don't know what the hell it was. Looks like a black guy, huh? <laughs> hey, I've, I, I've, I've seen these before in Maine. Right. <laughs> like a black guy. <laughs> these are, hey, you know, I, love, I love his lines. That's, yeah. You know, fuck? like a black guy. This might be acceptable down <laughs> south. Here, they're a protected species in Maine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> you gotta call I, in. <laughs> they hit one of them. Shit, now we're down to four. <laughs> oh, gosh. How am I going to break this to Randy? You know, he you, probably knows this fella. <laughs> you, you don't see, see see that many of them around him except near that Shawshank. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> oh, I got to call Red up at Shawshank and his friend Andy. Oh. <laughs> That's it's all connected in the Stephen King universe, uh, but uh, he goes. Uh, she she asks herself, "Can I live with this?" And uh, again, um, yeah, she thinks that she can. But she, when she's at the stoplight, she sees the mangled hitchhiker coming toward her from behind, and uh, he is looking uh, really rough. And I, I I don't know if I wrote down who the hitchhiker is, but he is a. He's a, a pretty well-known actor. Where is he here? Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, he's kind of well. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's done it more than twice, but he played he played the zombified dude in uh, Tales from the Hood, the politician that they killed. Ah, yes, he did. This dude, this dude does not have a good track record with white people cinematically. All right, mm-hmm. you got <laughs> <laughs> to <gotta, You> stop. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, as a, as she sees him, she looks back again and then doesn't see him as if he's disappeared like a ghost. And then all of a sudden, this is the idea that she's thinking to herself. How you doing, lady? Thanks. Thanks for the ride. Thanks for the ride. <laughs> so she goes on a wild ride after that, which is uh. By the way, this guy's level. His his uh his 
his dedication to sarcasm, it's strong, to say the least. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thanks for the ride. You get the joke? Did you get the joke? Because I didn't actually like the ride that you gave me, lady. They honestly should have called this episode the traffic stop. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> On this wild this, ride, this, this of course has to be Stephen King's scariest thing of a black guy actually getting into a car with him. So, oh no, yeah, this is terrifying. Get get this, it's 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 a guy of color, and he he, he wants to get in your car. It's there's never been anything scarier than I've heard. The of. other the, the other the other scary truth about this is that's kind of a realistic thing in Baltimore. If you kind of just barely run over somebody. They're still kind of happy to get that ride, and we'll try to get into the car with you. Okay, so. take, wait a minute. No, take me to North Pratt. No, <laughs> <laughs> I only need to go a couple blocks. I'm still alive. Just take me a couple blocks. She uh, <laughs> she ends up uh, finally crashing into the woods at one point after basically uh, trying to shake this specter off of her vehicle. Ends up ends up even shooting him at one point. And uh, then runs over him multiple times, just turning his body into a big old pile of meat. All he keeps saying is, thanks, 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 thanks for right, lady. <laughs> this is, anyway, uh, she finally goes, I, uh, uh, after running him over multiple times, uh, she stops to catch her breath for just a moment here. And, uh, Whew. So uh, Annie is uh, Annie is now driving off, completely mad. Uh, she crawls underneath uh, the front. Uh, the th- His car. <laughs> he. Uh, maybe four. How am I going to afford this? George is going to be so mad. Uh, but uh, Annie, as uh, as she's driving, uh, the the monster crawls from underneath the front of the hood and is holding a sign that said, "You killed me," <laughs> which is <laughs> it's a strong move. And uh, she then proceeds to pin him up against a tree, where she just rams his body another dozen times, reducing him to nothing but a pile of meat. She wakes about an hour later, but the body is gone, and she thinks, "You know what?" Job well done. Uh, finally, <laughs> I did it. I've uh, I've killed this thing that is completely unkillable. Uh, I think I think everything's turning up Annie at this point. So uh, she goes and. It, uh, so, sorry, I was gonna say it actually reminds me um, of like we're trying to get to an open mic and an open micer is like, "Can you give me a ride?" And you're like, "No," and then they just won't go away. It's kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> so uh as uh as she pulls up uh she limps back home uh the car is still covered in blood uh but her husband is late so she's kind of thankful for that how maybe she'll be able to hide <laughs> this she, murder why was she rationalizing what she was gonna tell him like oh i, I had a dream and i uh, I didn't. That, there wasn't a zombie coming after me. I just had a. I just had a car wreck, and her, yeah. her freaking car is just covered in blood and dents and flesh everywhere. Yeah, it's just just chunks of meat everywhere. And uh, <laughs> she uh, she pulls up, stops the car. Oh no! But it's still there. 
<laughs> but I like that now it's nothing but just literally just a meat skeleton. Just like, hey, I just, I just want to take the ride. It's just completely destroyed. Uh, my at this my point. favorite part is definitely his tongue that just kind of flaps oh. against her face. So. <laughs> so, and I hate to say, no matter how bad that this Hitchcock looks in this scene, he still doesn't look as bad as the guy. That if you look on the internet and find the guy that fought a polar bear and had his face chewed off by a polar bear, still looks better than the guy that had his face chewed off by a polar bear. So. Interesting. <laughs> oh man, I haven't seen man, that. You, one. you look at that and you're like, oh my gosh, this guy is still alive, you... and his face is completely chewed hey, off by a polar bear. Hey, so. hey, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, never, I actually, uh, I, I went to like years later. He actually has this uh, YouTube video. He's he's got a lot of plastic surgery since then, and uh, I actually saw one of his videos where you know he's in front of like a school full of like children. It's and uh, you know he's trying to teach them about adversity. And I, I'll never forget what that guy said because it was like. And, and that stuck with me, you know, as a person. Uh, I never forgot that. <laughs> this is one of the heartwarming moments of my life. So, oh, man. also, he holds up a sign in front of all the kids that says "Kill me, kill me now." So, <laughs> uh, it's like the it's the cop from Psycho Gore Man. That's uh, that's what it is. Uh, have you have I you watched it? Oh man, Migs, we had the director on uh, of maybe like a month or two ago. Uh, a wonderful gentleman and uh, great movie. I would definitely suggest uh, picking up uh, Psycho Gore Man. It's a great Blu-ray pickup. I'll yeah, tell you, it's... just go ahead and purchase it. Don't even re- yeah. video on demand it. Just just pick yourself yeah, up a copy. Great. It's definitely worth it. But also, it comes out on Shutter. I want to say middle of end of this month. Um, definitely, absolutely worth it. It's hilarious, and he was yeah. so awesome uh, to talk to. We still have that up on Spotify if you want to listen to it. You might be um, able to get it. You might be able to get it on demand for seven bucks. No, nah, man, I'm not. A, I'm not a demand guy. I'm a physical copy guy. Yeah, he's a physical okay. media guy. The Blu-ray mm-hmm. is out though. I have a copy of the Blu-ray. It's pretty sweet. Yeah, check so uh, yeah, yeah check it out. And- uh, I will say the the. If, did you ever watch Power Rangers as a kid growing up? Oh yeah. You you will love this movie. It is the Power Rangers meets um uh the Toxic Avenger. That is what oh, the shit. the movie is like. <laughs> uh, uh, in in terms of aliens from other planets, uh, but juxtaposed with turbo violence and gore. So, uh, very very fun movie. I enjoyed Sounds the hell out of it. Me. And it almost plays just like a kids movie. So it's it's pretty fun. So, uh, anyway, we get uh the place. We get uh, finally. Um, he gets home. George gets home and finds uh, Annie's dead in the front seat. And till the next issue, try to stay scared. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I almost forgot about young Billy. I think he's coming this way with his friends. <laughs> so uh billy is now uh being chased by the bullies as we get our final little scene here um 
He uh, he leads them to the Venus flytraps that he's already planted. Because listen, he is a he's a man of uh, he's a kid that that keeps busy, and uh, it's important to make giant. Manny, here's a little clip from that. Giant Venus flytraps. They eat meat. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, he brings him over there. He basically eats all the boys up in very heavy metal style uh, animation. Uh, pretty cool. And then it, as a very end of the movie, we get to see Tom Savini just throwing out copies of Creepshow. And I'm like, you can't keep them mint that way, sir. Uh, <laughs> This is I love how that movie ends with him just littering, just yeah. throwing paper out on the road. Oh, <laughs> look at this desolate road. They'll need to read it here. Like this. Littermonster, the real monster. Yeah. So that, Damn litterer. <laughs> Get a fine for that. <laughs> that uh, brings us to an end of Creepshow 2. Uh, very good. I liked, uh, I liked it overall. Migs, what's your final takeaways of Creepshow 2? So, all right, I hadn't, um, you know, I, I hadn't watched this one in a, in a while since I had seen it as a kid, and I only kind of remembered the Raft, the Raft story. I wasn't really big on the other ones with this, but when I watched it again, you know, now that I'm older, I appreciate it a little bit more. Plus, it was just, it was funny, like recognizing the cult guy, and then seeing some other people, you know, I didn't really know who they were as a kid, and some of the other stories. So, I mean, yeah, I I'll, I'll, will always agree that this is not as good as the first one. And I think it could have been one more story would have been great, a live action story. But I like it. It's got, it's got, it's got good gore. It's, uh, special effects are pretty cool. And yeah, man, I, I like the, um, I like the, I like the Chief Woodenhead. He was pretty badass. I do. Ch- I like so it. Chief Woodenhead is your pick of the, uh, of all the stories. Oh uh, well, I, I, I think I, I, I'm I'm with you on the raft. I think I, I think that's the best story. But you know, I, I can I can appreciate the chief Woodenhead more, and even the even the the hitcher. Like I said, you know, it was cool recognizing that was the guy from Tales from the Hood, and he kind of did a similar thing in that movie too. But yeah, I mean, I'm you know I, I'm good. Like I said, good 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 gore. Good, it was good it was stuff. fun. Uh, uh, yeah. Ashley, what 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 did you think about uh, Creep Show Two? I mean, I I like both of them. I personally like this one more. I feel like The Raft is one of my favorite anthology pieces out of the two movies, if you make the comparison. Um, I Overall, I really liked it. I, I personally prefer this one, but they're both great films. They are. They're, I think they, and they work, I just wish they worked better as sequels. Does that make sense? It's almost like Creepshow 2, just, if it had, if it just kept a couple of the elements from the original, I mean, I think a live action story, maybe featuring a, a sexy Todd At, Tom Atkins in between as a dad again, <laughs> getting stabbed with a voodoo doll. Like that, I, that's where I want, I wanted to see Billy's story progress a little bit better over uh, to Creepshow 2. That would have been that's stronger fair. for me. Um, Jeremy, your final thoughts on uh, Creep Show Two. Saddest part of this movie is that the Hitchhiker never made it to Dover, Delaware. <laughs> and another That's part wanted to go. He was just headed to Dover. <laughs> and another part is that if I had not been sick, I would have made a song about the Hitchhiker and being happy about 
for happy for the ride and that <laughs> the fact that at least in his undignified zombie corpse at least he got to kiss kiss her and lick her face without having a face <laughs> and that uh something something around the thing like thanks for the ride lady thanks for the ride Here's a kiss. Right. <laughs> Thanks for the ride. I'm Lionel Richie. Oh, Thanks that's a Lionel Richie classic. That's a yeah. wow. He, oh wow. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll give him a call up. See if he'll still buy into it. I mean, he's he doesn't need my ideas anymore. Ever since yes. Kenny Rogers died. Died, so. I uh, I personally love uh, Creepshow too. I think it's a great thing. I I just think uh, I I could like I said the things we harped on earlier. It is a standalone movie. It is it's fucking phenomenal. I I love the raft. I think the raft is strong, but I th- I do love uh, the monster creation of making. Um, I think every monster in this one is like almost not over the top, which makes it really fun. And it is a it's a fun low budget movie to watch. I mean, one is just like. Like Jeremy said, a bunch of trash bags and and blackness that they turned into a monster, and it was really cool. The, the other one is just a guy who gets mangled, who basically is the character Invincible, um, and he's just can get completely pulverized and still keep coming at you. Well, you know, well, you know who did a really great movie really close to this? What's that? It's called Tales from the Dark Side. Ah, dire- maybe directed by the same director who did this. So. Uh, uh well there there are a lot of tie-ins between this and that movie with the uh, with uh, I think uh, uh what's his name but anyway moving on very nice uh but I will say it does I think I think it could have used a little bit more star power you know the original one I mean you got uh uh you got you got Ted Danson in it you got Leslie Nielsen the great Adrian Barbeau and probably one of her finest roles she's ever played in so maybe a couple of uh, actors could have been uh uh peppered into this instead of uh the only one notable actor and Tom Savini uh in this film but <laughs> yeah and oh of course and the great acting skills of one Stephen King but uh you know overall John, and John John Kennedy and John Kennedy yes from uh well it is fun that in both movies they have a cast member from the Naked Gun series in each one so that is, <laughs> <laughs> that is a tie cool. that I missed originally uh, <laughs> Migs where can people find you at movies with the Migs how can they consume the things that you do good sir <laughs> All right. Well, uh, all my about the the home of my my written reviews, all that good stuff, is at my host network, which is a uh, GoDefyLife.com. So shout out, shout out to all my family there. Um, on Facebook, you can find me at Movies with Migs. Just look that up, you'll see it. Uh, and then also Instagram, same thing, Movies with Migs. Uh, most of the interaction and all that good stuff is on Facebook. I do contests there. I'm gonna have uh, doing a giveaway. Uh, next month for Last Action Hero, that uh, they're, they're doing a Steelbook 4 4K uh, release for that. So I'm gonna, I got, a, I bought a couple of those. I'm gonna be doing a giveaway, and uh, I'm, I'm reviving my old uh, original versus remake series because I haven't written a, a piece on that in a while. And I've got a couple of originals in their remakes here that I bought recently, so I'm gonna do a little comparison of those. And I got some other stuff in the works that I want to try out. So I'll be contacting 
you good people over at Quality Time to see if you want to join in on some of that. We'd love to and join then, in on some of that. Hey, yeah. Migs, are you thinking about going down to the old Mahoning Drive-In again? Because uh, Quality Time's making their way down for the Joe Bob's Briggs weekend. That's coming up in uh, July. Yeah, it's, so. it's sold out, man. Mm. It sucks. I, I didn't, yeah, because I, I wanted to do that, and I just didn't get tickets right away. But I'm definitely going back there again. I, I talked to the, actually, I talked to some of the staff there and made some connections and stuff. So I want to check out a, a couple friendly, more yeah. there. Double features here in the summer. They got some good horror stuff coming up. Um, I went to their uh, I went to their sister theater yesterday um, in Phoenixville, the Colonial. It, it's a regular theater, but old school style. They were uh, they showed Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, in there. So I'm gonna check that did, out yesterday. Did you see my? That's awesome. Did you did you see my girl with the uh, the Toxic Avenger as the uh, as the blind girl with the dog that she was dragging? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh, Lisa Bustabus. Yeah, that's friend of the show, Lisa Bustabus, who uh, nice, loves nice. loves her trauma movies. She's great. Oh, yeah. Oh, Look, I just <laughs> speaking of trauma, that's funny. I just I just opened. I, I ordered the uh, I ordered the Toxic Avenger collection, and I just unwrapped it, and the cases just beat the shit. I mean, that's this thing. Thankfully, the CDs aren't messed up, but I got to order another case now. Oh, okay. by the way, if you're if you're getting into trauma, uh, I highly suggest seeing the classic movie, The Final Countdown, which you can see for free on Tubi. Oh, yeah. okay, The Final Countdown. We'll and I won't tell you why, but if you I've get into trauma, if you get into trauma, watch that movie and see if you catch it, and there will be a scene. Where eventually they have a big uh, breakdown where they talk to uh, Kirk Douglas in the movie, and you'll recognize somebody that'll really blow you away. Ah, maybe a Jeremy yeah. Woodworth cameo. Yeah, don't, okay. don't, 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 don't give it away. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> Ashley, Ashley, where can people find you at? Um, people can follow me on social media at Ashley Pontius Laughs. And for those of you in Connecticut, if we have anybody, you can catch me at Stand Up Connecticut uh, May 14th and 15th. Oh, awesome. Uh, you can catch all things Eric Comedy at ericcomedy.com. Uh, I need to update it with some dates, but hopefully by the time you guys are listening to that, I have done that. Probably not. It's not important. Follow me on all the social media, though. Uh, links to our merch are on the website as well. Go to the Quality Time Emporium and pick yourself up a shirt. Uh, and get ready to see us at Joe Bob Briggs weekend at the Mahoning Theater on the 16th of July. Jeremy, take us out of here. I am the blasphemy that lives on. 